Hey, Joel here. This is Dining Around across the nation and sometimes around the world, but we are broadcasting most often from the capital of American gastronomy, San Francisco. And today I'm hanging out in the Redwood Room at the Clift Hotel right on Union Square. It's a beautiful old hotel with an amazing amount of history and a fantastic bar as well. And of course, we always need to have an amazing guest and we have somebody who's in from out of the country. He is Alex Cunningham. He's the co-founder and director of Slain Irish Whiskey, which is available now. Alex, thanks for being with me on the show today. Yeah, it's great to be on the other side of the world. <laughs> so let's start with this. Uh, the Slain Irish Whiskey, you're the co-founder, but you're from an historic family as well. So this is a relatively recent project, isn't it? Yeah, I guess it's the latest chapter in a long family history at Slain. My uh, the Cunninghams have been in Slain since 1703, mm -hmm. uh, so a few years there, and uh, this is our kind of latest venture. So Slain is a little village in Ireland where I'm very lucky enough to live. Uh, we've got four pubs in the village and one traffic light, about 1,200 people. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but it's probably the best-known little village in Ireland. That actually doesn't have anything to do with whiskey, at least not yet. That will okay. hopefully change. It's mainly because of what my dad did, Henry, um, back in the early 1980s. Uh, so Ireland, unfortunately, back in those days, uh, we you know we had the troubles going on. Things were were difficult, and Dad is trying to keep the family property, which is uh, Slain Castle, sits at the heart of the farm, uh, going and and making ends meet. And so he decided in 1981, uh, the year of the hunger strikes, he was going to put on a rock concert in the field right in front of the house. What better way to increase profits than to create, <laughs> to create a music festival? Exactly. Well, you know, create profits and also uh, give the chance for everyone to forget about the troubles for nice. a day. So he got Thin Lizzy to headline mm -hmm. and, uh, and then an up and coming band known as uh, U2 were one of the opening <laughs> acts. And about 25,000 people turned up and... Uh, he was right there. He proved the critics wrong. It, it was a great success. And then the following year, he persuaded Mick Jagger to come and have a look on and the Rolling Stones arrived in 1982. And this time, 80,000 people turned up. That's massive. Absolutely. Now, how, how in the beginning, uh, do you know how he chose you 2 or how he chose the acts, how he got them to come? He worked uh, really closely with a promoter who he still, still works with, uh, a guy called Dennis Desmond. And uh, he and Dennis basically put, put the plan together, uh, persuaded Phil Linnett and Thin Lizzy to headline that first show. And uh, they did it by the seat of their pants, I'll be honest. I was, I was six years old, so I, I remember glimpses of it. I remember more about the Rolling Stones the following year. Um, but they, they put rock, um, they put Slain on the map through rock and roll. So mm -hmm. we were really saved by rock and roll. That, that's what kept the castle going. And we still do the shows every year. We just had Guns N' Roses about a month ago. Wow. And we last had them 25 years ago. So is it, is it one sort of weekend of concerts or is it a, a series? It's, it's just one day a year. Okay. Because it's in a field mm -hmm. uh, where the River Boyne is the backdrop and the castle floats over the crowd. And uh, the artists love playing there because mm -hmm. who doesn't love an Irish crowd? <laughs> but uh, it's, it's a very spectacular um, setting, mm -hmm. kind of magical, pretty spiritual. And... Uh, we do just one a year because it would be harder on the ground uh, mm -hmm. if we did more than that. Occasionally we've done two, but it's generally one. So uh, you mentioned that the concerts happen on the grass, in front of the, the grass, sorry, in the, um, in the fields in front of the castle. Uh, do you actually grow produce on the land as well when you're oh, not yeah, we're, throwing we're, parties? So we're a farming family as mm -hmm. well. So we are, the farm is about 1,500 acres. And on that we grow a variety of different things, but 
importantly for the for the whiskey one of the reasons we got into the business was we we grow about 2,000 tons of, of spring barley every year and that's going to be feeding into uh, into Slane distillery so mm-hmm. uh, one of the raw materials is right on our doorstep and then the river Boyne which mm-hmm. flows right through the heart of the farm that's where we draw our water from for, for making it you know, well and I've been fortunate to speak with a number of bourbon makers and other producers of fine spirits and those are the two things that are the most important. At least the distillers say that. I mean, I think you would argue that there are a lot more things going on, but the, the ingredients obviously are there. And if the ingredients, many of them are grown on the property and the water is right from the property, it really is a holistic experience. Absolutely. And uh, and then <coughs> the last thing you need, of course, is a good site for the distillery itself. Right. And, uh, we have these beautiful old stable yard, uh, courtyard and farmyard buildings that were that were very much part of the working estate next to the castle and they kind of fell into disrepair and they're now homing providing the home for for slain distillery mm-hmm. so we they're all on the national list of protected structures so this is a heritage site mm-hmm. with a state-of-the-art distillery in it was that um well it must have been difficult that's a stupid question but uh how was that process working with the historical society to make sure that you could you could put the state-of-the-art uh, distillery in your own building so, like most things the Cunninghams have done, there were a few raised eyebrows when we started. Mm-hmm. But once people realized that we were effectively giving these buildings a new lease of life, which is kind of linked to their agro-industrial history because you're still taking stuff in from the farm, mm-hmm. uh, the barley, and you're effectively adding value, processing it, and producing an end product, the whiskey. So, once they bought into the vision, and this is also uh, good for tourism, so we're going to be open for visitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're opening um, at the at the end of uh, August mm-hmm. 2017, so not long now. Um, they realized that this would have substantial benefits for the local economy. It's going to create employment and uh, and allow us to, you know, hopefully build a, a global brand off the back of it. But the restoration that has gone on has been hugely sympathetic to the buildings. And when it's done, uh, which will be very, we're very close to finishing now, I hope it's going to look like it was always meant to be there. Mm-hmm. Good, good. I, um, I mean, and being a part of the community obviously has been important to your family for generations. And having a community of 1,200 people, like you mentioned, you would have a massive effect on what's going on. Yeah, it's going to be a good boost for uh, a great shot in the arm for the local economy from a tourism perspective. And obviously, we're em- we'll be employing local people too. The the Cunninghams and I guess the Slane Castle Estates always had a, a good symbiotic relationship with the with the village. So the village was Slane Village was kind of laid out by my ancestors uh, back in in the 1700s. So we have an intimate relationship with the local community, and I hope that the distillery is actually going to help re-strengthen that. I, I want to get back to Slane Irish whiskey and the the flavor profile and the concept of tasting. When did you first? start tasting whiskey yourself and and does that affect what you're creating now with slain irish whiskey well i started tasting it probably <laughs> very young um i i think it was probably used to keep me quiet when i was a little one but uh no, <laughs> no, no I, soothing teething yeah pains. the soothing teething <laughs> pains no but in all seriousness uh so i guess one of the people that really introduced me to irish whiskey is my grandfather and um i grew up you know i have some very fond memories of of, of good conversations uh, over whiskey with him and then dad is a big Irish whiskey fan as well um, I had worked in, in Irish whiskey previously on the marketing side mm-hmm. uh, but getting into the Slane project I really had to learn a lot more about production so I spent a lot of time talking to people 
in whiskey production that would be master distillers the the people operating in plants in ireland and scotland and uh, we put together the distillery design ourselves over a number of years and it took a long time to get all of the permissions that we were discussing earlier it's a very it's a state-of-the-art distillery but it's about respecting irish uh, whiskey making tradition so i'm I'm lucky enough to have three children but Mm -hmm. my other three babies are my three pot stills (laughs) and uh, they are hand beaten 100 percent copper pot stills from scotland Mm -hmm. we've got timber washbacks because i believe they they deliver better flavor profile uh, we also have columns as well, but it's a it's a very traditional Irish whiskey distillery. Um, so we spent a lot of time designing it, but we couldn't build it on our own in terms of financing mm-hmm. it, and and that's ultimately what led to the partnership with Brand Foreman. Okay, uh, well, and there's also the distribution aspect. I mean, there are other aspects of business that happen, and when you have a partnership you can come into a marketplace like a San Francisco, California or, or the States. And all of that information is, is definitely important in business, but, but bringing it back to an actual hometown experience with a family who is behind it with, with a piece of property where the most of the ingredients come from. I think that that partnership is such an exciting thing to consider. Certainly when we here in the Bay area always think of our own small family farms or even larger family farms, it's that stewardship of the land and knowing that, if you live on the property, you're, you're going to make sure that you're that you're doing it in a way and you're doing business in a way that will allow that property c- to continue for generations. Absolutely. I mean, you're right. And it's uh, it's about sustainability and part of sustainability is planning for the long term. So mm-hmm. this is a multi-generation project It's going to be it's st- going to still be going long after I'm gone. And I, and I hope, you know, it'll help to secure the future of the Cunninghams at Slane. Mm-hmm. Um, so for my family and, and also, you know, with our partners, Brown Foreman, for the Brown family as, uh, as well, because there are really two families involved in this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we are, you know, we're definitely thinking long term and we're very proud of, of what we've achieved. There's a lot of uh, my own personal um effort has gone into this and, and consequently I hope a lot of pride you know I'm, I'm very proud of what we've achieved so far awesome well it's 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 a marvelous product and it's it's a marvelous whiskey and of course it's new on the scene from such a an historic whiskey pr- producing country that I'm excited when before we go what should uh, the consumer uh, look for in the glass is there something that you could say I mean is there something very Irish whiskey about it or very specifically slain absolutely so my challenge was to try and create an Irish whiskey blend that was definitely smooth because you need to be smooth if you're in the Irish category and Slane is a very smooth whiskey, but we wanted to provide something with a bit more body and complexity. So I would describe it as a, as a little bit more robust of a, mm-hmm. of a liquid than, than perhaps some of the other ones out there. That's through using this triple cast process that okay. we developed. Uh, so we use a virgin American oak barrel from, from the brand form of Cooperage. We're using um, a combination of uh, uh, bourbon and Tennessee whiskey barrels as well, which which we call seasoned, mm-hmm. and then finally an Oloroso sherry cast from Jerez and Spain. They're all done separately and simultaneously, and then that is all blended together. Okay. So you end up with a with a lovely, rich, smooth, complex liquid. Right, that would give you flavors that are international as well. Absolutely, um, but Irish whiskey's always had an international context because 
we generally, you know, in this country, you use new wood, mm-hmm. and we have used a virgin oak cask uh, in in Slane, which is unusual. But Irish whiskey is generally matured in in barrels that have previously had other liquid, principally American or European. So Irish whiskey's always had an international flavor profile as a result of that. Brilliant. Well, thank you, Alex. Thank you so much for being a part of the show today. Ah, delighted. I really appreciate it. Um, Alex Cunningham, he is the co-founder and director of Slain Irish Whiskey. If you visit Slain Irish Whiskey, whiskey with an E, of course, because it's Ireland, dot com, you can find out more about experiencing the spirit for yourself. You can look for it for sure, fine retailers and fine restaurants as it comes into the marketplace. But if you're planning a trip to Ireland, and I know that there are nonstop flights from San Francisco and from many other parts of our nation, check out slainirishwhiskey.com and you'll be able to find find out more about the implementation of this of this visitor program because what better thing to do? I mean, come on, you're bobbling around the country, you're seeing these beautiful, gorgeous sights, you're meeting the marvelous people, maybe stopping in at one of the four pubs that's in Slane as well, but you can organize yourself on a tour and tasting and then when you come home, you don't even have to bring things home. You can just buy it here and give it to your friends and say you did, right? Absolutely. Okay. That's the joy of it. <laughs> we look forward to welcoming you. Thank you so much. I'm Joel Moore. Food, wine, and travel. Next time on Dining Around at DiningAround.com and at Joel Riddell on Twitter. More food, wine, and travel next time.